0: If you have your Bibles open at Matthew chapter number 18, Matthew chapter number 18, and we're going to continue the series that we started two weeks ago on community. And uh, we have this slide that says, we is greater than me. And we started this series by just talking about how important community is. Sometimes uh, we can think that Being part of the community of God isn't a big thing that we can grow and and be okay without really being part of the church or part of any community of the church. But we learned last week that God doesn't want us to be alone. God made the church so that we could have community, and community is important. All right, so we learned that last week, and this week uh, we want to talk about the value of one in the community. All right, and I'm specifically talking about God's community this morning, the value of one in God's community. So go ahead and open to Matthew chapter number 18, uh, and we're going to be reading from verse number 10 down to verse number 14, all right? Matthew 18 from 10 to 14, and as you're turning there, I was telling the first service, everyone looks a little bit fuller today. I don't know why, but maybe it was the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, Hopefully, y'all had a great Thanksgiving this last Thursday. I I hope that you were able to make some memories uh, with family, that you were able to just enjoy the time together, and uh, I, I, you know, it's a toss-up for me as to what my favorite holiday is. It's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving because I just love the, the food and the fellowship and the football, but Christmas because I love gifts, too, so, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those two, either one of those two is great, so... The end of the year, to me, is always the most exciting time of the year, and I'm very excited about uh, this next, you know, what, six weeks or so of the year, uh, or actually we're down to like five weeks left or four, and it uh, should be a lot of fun, though. should be a lot of fun. All right, Matthew 18, that was just in parentheses, had nothing to do with the message, I just wanted to share that. Matthew 18, verse number 10. Now, real quick, let me give you a little bit of context before I read verse number 10. Uh, in verse number one, the disciples are starting to argue amongst themselves who's the greatest in God's kingdom. Now, in their minds, Jesus wasn't going to die on the cross. Jesus was the Messiah, and being the Messiah, that means he was the king. He's the promised one. He's the one that's going to establish God's kingdom. And so, becoming king, and we're following, and we're close to him, then he's going he's to give us, you know... We have a connection here. He's going to give us some power. He's going to give us a title. We're going to be important in this kingdom. That was their mindset. So verse number one, he's starting with that. He's, they're already talking about who's going to be the greatest, why they're going to be the greatest. And Jesus overhears them. And um, to help them understand the kingdom of God in a way that they did not understand it, in a way that wasn't so much centered around them, but in a way that was really centered around Christ and around God as his kingdom and as the king. He brings a little boy uh, in, a little child, the Bible says, and, and he begins to say to the disciples, you have to be like this child. If you're going to be the greatest in the kingdom. You're going to have to have some humility. You're going to have to be one that's willing to learn. You're going to have to be born again as a child is born. Uh, there's so much that goes into this, and, and you're thinking of the, the, the kingdom too much like earthly kingdoms. You're thinking of it too much like the Roman Empire where, you know, you got your senators and, you, and, and, and you've got all these representatives and, and you have this democracy and, and depending on where you're at on the, on, the, uh, on the scale there, on the ladder, determines your power. He said, God's kingdom, my kingdom's not like that. That's not how it works. That's not how we function. In fact, mine's totally opposite. Uh, the greatest is going to be the servant of all. Uh, he, he's, he's been trying to teach them and get in their mind... You know, the kingdom's not like that. Because the kingdom's not like that, the community of the kingdom's not like that. So after he kind of tells them what it takes and what, what their mindset should be, he goes into community, the community of the kingdom and, and, and how we are and, and really how our mindset is and how we kind of live and what we're all about and the value that we have. And so in verse number 10, I want you to notice what he says. He says take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven for the son of man is come to save that which was lost now how think ye if a man have a 100 sheep and one of them be gone astray doth he leave the 99 doth he not leave the 99 and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray and if so be that he find it Verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So he helps the disciples understand what the greatest in the kingdom is all about and how the community functions. And he begins to say, since the community is going to be full of little children like this... Not little children in age or maturity, but little children in humility and in the fact that there's a lot of growth to be had. He said, in this community, it's important not to be offending one another. It's important not to be a stumbling block to one another. It's important to be and live like a real community ought to live and be. So that's why he's saying, now, you've got to be careful not to despise one of these little ones, uh, whether they're young in their faith young in the church, young in whatever way you might want to think of it, young spiritually and, and or, or young even physically with the children of the church. In any way you want to look at it, he says, don't be a stumbling block to them. This, this is a community that it ought to be to help one another, to value one another. Now, if you put the definition of value into Google, this is what will come up. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. You can look it up on your phone as I read it here. But what I saw on Google, if you put in the word value, and what's the definition? It means the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, worth, or usefulness of something. So when you value something, it's because you give worth to it, because it deserves that. It's because it's something that is important. Now, when it comes to the community of God, each person is important. Each person has value. Jesus has just finished telling his disciples that very truth. Just like this child, you shouldn't be a stumbling block to him. Just like this child has a character that fits well with the community of the kingdom. Understand, just like this child is that kind of temperament for the kingdom and part of the community. That's how the community of the church ought to be. Something that's not a stumbling block, but one that is accepting and loving. One that has value and regards one as important with another. Each individual has worth. Each individual has value. and That's what makes God's community so unique, so different. I know there are certain communities in our life, as we talked about last week, that don't have that kind of regard for one another. For instance, your workplace may not value you exactly with that kind of value. In fact, you mess up enough times in your workplace and they're going to kick you out of that community, right? They'll vote you off the island as they do on uh, that show, whatever it was, Survivor. You do something wrong enough times and you're out of that community. That's not how it works in God's community. So communities in our life are very different, but God's community is so unique because of the value that you have as part of God's community. The way that God looks at you, the way that the community, the church community ought to look at you, and as we look at one another. Now, if we do it the the Bible way, the biblical way that Jesus taught, then you'll find that it's a community that's so different from any other one in your life. And I think it comes down to this: of value, of the value that is placed on you. I, I, it reminds me of the story, by the way, that I heard of this guy that, uh, you know, he 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 had a a love for old books, and uh, he was meeting this other person who had just thrown away a Bible that had been stored in the attic of his house for for you know generations. And, uh, and this, this lover of old books, this man said, what are you doing? How are you, uh, how are you throwing that, that Bible away? I mean, it was so old and there, there's a lot of uh, value to that. And he said, well, I threw away first of all, cause I couldn't read it. Okay. Somebody named like Guten something, like printed it, you know, and, and like, I can't read that. And, and so I thought, why, why didn't we well have it? I just threw it away. And the man said, not Gutenberg. Goomer, he printed, the first book printed was the Bible. That could have been his Bible. And he said, oh, no, no, no. Listen, you're not going to want that book. It was, maybe it was Goomer, I don't know. Uh, But you know what? It it wasn't very impressive. Some guy named Martin Luther put all these writings all over it. I mean, who wants a Bible like that? I just threw it away. The guy said, what are (laughs) you doing? Don't you know the value of that book? You know, so many times as a church community, if we're not careful, we forget the value that we each have. And we can treat each other like an old Bible that we don't want anymore. We just say, uh, eh, there'll be others or let them go, big deal. And the community, the church community ought not be that way. Jesus is teaching there's value. There's value to each person in my kingdom. There's value to each person in the community of the church. So this morning I just want to share with you what that value is, how, how valuable you truly are in this community. I want you to notice that Jesus shared a story after telling the disciples how valuable they were. And he shares a story of this sheep that wanders off. And this shepherd has a hundred sheep. 99 of them stay put, but one of them leaves. Now, in the Bible, there are two stories like this. In the book of Luke, there's also a story like this. And the point of that story is to reveal the heart that God has for the lost souls, for those that don't believe. And now he goes and rescues them. But in this story, Jesus isn't talking about people that are lost. Jesus is talking about people that are not lost. In fact, he's talking about his community. Talking about Disciples, you got to be like this child. got to have that kind of humility. You get to verse 15. He says, this is how we ought to treat one another. If there's a problem, you go one on one. And if they don't want to listen to you, take two or three witnesses. And if they don't want to do that, then take it before the church. And so he's talking about community here. So this story of this sheep wandering off is someone from the community that's wandered off. Someone from the shepherd's flock that was already part of the flock that wanders off. And I want you to notice the value that is seen in this story for that sheep from the shepherd. I want you to notice that, first of all, if you have your notes, that this sheep is valued enough to leave. The shepherd valued this sheep enough to leave where he's at. He's valued enough to leave where he's at. Now, what I mean by this phrase is that the shepherd was willing to leave the comforts to go find that sheep. Most likely... Shepherds would take their sheep to where there was grass, there was water, and it was a nice place to be with the flock. So you've got you to understand that the shepherd here is kind of sitting there comfortable. He's counting his sheep. He's watching the sheep. There's not a whole lot of danger. He's, he's, he's in a place where he knows it's pretty secure. He's in a place where he knows that the flock is getting the food that they need and the water that they need to drink, and, and he's kind of comfortable there. But as he's counting, he's going 98, 99. I'm missing one. I'm missing one. Now, I don't think anyone would have blamed the shepherd if he goes, well, I still got 99. It's not like I'm left with nothing. I tend to think that if I were the shepherd, I'd probably think that way. I might think like, ah, I'm not sure. But this shepherd valued that one sheep so much that he felt it was worth going after. He valued enough to leave the comforts of where he's at and go after that one lost sheep. It's amazing the value that he puts on this sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had 100 pennies and one got lost, I'm not sure that I'm going back to look for that penny. I don't know how many, I'm just curious now, all right, because I'm just, that's how my mind works. How many have ever like gotten change out of your pocket and a penny falls out and you just left it there? Just admit it, it, we're in church. Does anyone know? that? Okay, good. I'm not the only one, right? Now, it doesn't mean the penny has no value. It doesn't mean that we're so rich that money doesn't matter to us. Most of us, we could use a penny, Right? But the thing is, is that the penny's got a value of one cent. And it really is probably not worth the trouble of going and getting into the little crease that the penny went into or under the table that it rolled under to go and get it. We would say, it's not worth it, right? Sometimes it's like hygienic, right? Your your, your son or daughter goes after You're like, ah, don't don't touch that penny. Touch the floor. Don't, don't. (laughs) It's lost all its value at this point, buddy, all right? It's not worth going after. But I want you to notice that this shepherd, even though he has a 100 of them, one gets lost, he values it enough to leave and go after it. That's the value that this sheep had. I tend to think that it didn't matter if the sheep had a spot on it or not. I tend to believe that the shepherd had this value on that sheep, whether it would have been that one or another of the 199. It, it, it just... That's how he valued each sheep. I love what John 3 says because, you see, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the chief shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the pastor of the church. Now, I am what we would call an under-shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd. I'm one that has a a, a small congregation here, and, and, and God has called me to serve him in this capacity, and that's what I do. But as the chief shepherd, Jesus is one that goes and sees the value and worth going after every one of the flock and his sheep. And here's what he says. He says this in John 3:17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That third word, God sent his son. He left the comforts. As the chief shepherd, Jesus left his home in heaven to look for the Lost sheep. The Bible says that we all have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. As sheep, we went away. But we are valued so much by God that he sent his son. That's the value you have. We find that not only he was found it worth going after, he found that he was worth the trouble too. You see, when he started going after that sheep, he's leaving the comforts of his home and he doesn't know what he's going into. There could be a wolf around the corner. There could be a mountain lion around the corner. That was pretty common in that area of the world in the Middle East. So now the the, the shepherd's leaving those 99 because he knows they're safe. He knows where they're at, but he values that one so much that he says, I'm going after it and it will be worth the trouble, whatever I run into. It's worth it. If I can just say that one sheep and bring him back into the fold, it's worth it. If I can't just, that's the value I have on that. Hmm. It's unbelievable to think about what that shepherd was going to be facing to do that, to accomplish this. Makes me think again of what Jesus said. John chapter 16, verse number 33, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So why did it make you think of that verse? Because we are in a world of tribulation. There's a lot of things that we face in this world that are tough. Whether it be sickness. Whether it be accidents. Whether it be Death. Discouragement, depression, anxiety. I mean, we we live in a world that is full of tribulation. And sometimes we can think, because we're so tired, it's just not worth the trouble. Things are just not worth the trouble. And yet in this story, Jesus is talking about a flock, his flock. There's a hundred sheep, one of them goes astray, he values it enough to go after it. He values it enough to say it's worth the trouble. Might be a lion. There might be a wolf. Yeah, there's danger out there. Sure. But I'll overcome that. It's worth it. That's the value you have. That's the value I have as the community of the church. But I want you to notice, secondly, not only did he value it enough to leave where he was at, he valued it enough to go look for where the sheep was at. He says, if you, if you lose one, is it not that you will leave, and then he said, and go look? Those are two different things. He's leaving where he's at, not knowing what he's going to face. The trouble is going to be worth it, he feels, because he values that sheep so much, but now he's going to look for where that sheep went. Now, you, you've got to, we, we've got to understand that um, if you've ever taken care of animals, usually they can go pretty far when they wander. If you've ever lost a dog and it goes to like 12 hours and he hasn't showed up, he could be three neighborhoods down, right? I mean, you're not just going to walk up your street and down and go, well, I don't know, I can see the dog. But he wouldn't go further than this street. Of course he would. I mean, they go far. So now this shepherd, leaving the comfort of where he was at, leaving the safety of where he's at, goes and looks for this sheep that wandered by itself. Apparently 99 of them knew what to do and they could be all right and obey. But one couldn't, and he still finds it worth it to go after him, face the trouble, and see where did he go. Where did he go? What's he doing? I mean, the level of concern... Was there? Is the sheep stuck in a bush somewhere? Is he following some trail? I, you know, it, it, it's just—it's something that the shepherd had to be willing to risk it all for. To risk it all. There have been times and there have been shepherds that have been eaten by mountain lions looking for their sheep. There have been times where shepherds go out and they never find that sheep. That's why Jesus said, and if he find it, if he find it. So this shepherd had to risk it all for this one sheep who went off, by the way, by themselves. Once again, my tendency as a shepherd, well, that's what he wants. He's just asking to get eaten. <laughs> Good luck, dude. Okay? Seems like everybody else could eat the grass just fine. Seems like everybody else was drinking from the stream just fine. But, you know, little Mo over there just wants to wander off. Fine. Wander off, Mo. Let him get eaten. Let him get scared. Let him get bitten a couple times. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll think it twice about it. But that's if I'm the shepherd. But not this shepherd. This shepherd values it so much he's willing to risk it all. Willing to risk it all. Reminds me of what Jesus did for us as the good shepherd, as the chief shepherd. Look what it says in 1 Peter 2 24 there in your notes. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes. You were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. That's what Jesus did for us. He was willing to risk it all. In fact, in John chapter 10, he says, No one taketh my life, I lay it down. For you. You see the value in this community? You see the value that's placed upon you. As the church community, Jesus was willing to risk it all for us. But not only is the shepherd willing to risk it all, he's willing to go anywhere. (laughs) Have you noticed? He's willing to go anywhere. That sheep might have wandered a few hundred yards away, it might have wandered a mile away. The shepherd doesn't really know how far, to what extent, All he knows is, I'm going to look for the sheep, and I'm walking. I don't know if he had a pattern. I'm not a shepherd, so I don't know how they do this. I don't know if he walked 500 yards that way, and then walked this way, and then that way, and then made a circle. I don't know if he made a perimeter. I have no idea. All I know is he went out looking for him, and he was risking his own life in doing that. He's willing to say, hey, if I don't come back, I don't come back. And he's willing to go anywhere. You know, um, there's a crook on the staff of a shepherd. I don't know if you've seen that. And probably in Christmas time, you see the shepherds and they have the staff and it has a little crook, right? Now, the reason it has a crook, it's made like that on purpose. And what happens is sheep sometimes will wander off. And they'll get too close into a, to a ditch or around a, a steep cliff, you know, eating on a, on a bush or the grass there, and they might slip. Sometimes they slip and they'll, they'll, they'll land on a padding there on, a, on the side of a cliff. Or they'll land in a hole that they can't get out of. And the shepherd has to go and once he hears it yelling and screaming and crying, he'll, he'll go and, and if he can't reach to get it with his hands, what he'll do is he'll get his staff and he'll put it down and he'll put the crick around the, the stomach of the, uh, of, the, of the sheep, usually around the top arms, and he'll pull it up just to rescue it to get it out of the ditch or to get it away from the cliff. He's willing to risk himself on the side of a cliff for one measly sheep that went to stray on its own. That's value. A penny comes out of a pocket, not a big deal. Your diamond wedding ring, that's different why is that so different because of the value you put on that diamond ring and it's amazing to me that God looks at each and every one of us as diamond rings not as pennies but can I tell you the reality and it's hard to hear sometimes but we're worthless we spit in God's face we disobey his word We take his name in vain. We are angry and bitter with one another. And we backbite one another. I'd say our value is probably worth less than a penny. The Bible says we were dead in our sins and trespasses. And yet he valued us. didn't value us because we were diamond rings he made us diamond rings we were like the lump of coal that everyone just throws out and doesn't care about but Jesus saw us as so valuable to risk it all to give himself on the cross for your sin and my sin to die in our place He found it worth the time of leaving his comfort and to go anywhere his father sent him. For God sent his son, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's the value you have. Now I want to end with this third value because I think it's important valued enough for the shepherd to leave where he was at valued enough to go and find where that sheep had went and valued enough to love you with joy <laughs> that's amazing he says and if you find that sheep you're going to rejoice over that more than the 99 that did not go astray you know what makes the difference in the value it was love it was love The reason the shepherd was willing to risk it all, to leave his comforts, to go to a place and put his own life on the line, the reason he was willing to do all of that was love. Not because that sheep was worth more than the other 99. He's obviously not smarter than the other 99. Doesn't know where to stay, doesn't know where to go. He wasn't obedient. And yet in that, the shepherd said, I value you enough because I love you. I don't know if that amazes you, but it amazes me. It amazes me about the shepherd that we have. It's not that the sheep was so rare that no one had it. Scripture doesn't say there was something unique about this sheep in itself. It was just like the other ninety-nine. It just gone astray. But he valued it. Love made all the difference. Do you know that love risks everything? And, and I know the, the, the young people, when they first fall in love, this is how they feel. But listen, after you've been married for 20 years, you ought to still feel this way. Love risks everything, it's willing to risk everything. It's love that took that shepherd away from his comfort. It was love that said, I'm going to go anywhere. It's love that said, I don't care. I don't hold my life dear unto myself. By the way, the Apostle Paul said that as well. Next chapter 24, he said, I don't hold my life dear unto myself. If God wants me to be a martyr, then I'll be a martyr. I don't know. God said for me to go to Rome and testify before kings and Caesars, and that's what I'm going to do. Because I hold not my life dear unto myself. Love does that. Love takes you where you probably wouldn't go on your own. Love makes it where you'll risk it all. John chapter 10, Jesus said this, but he that is a hireling, and that means a hired hand, someone that has been hired, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and he leaveth the sheep and fleeth. The hired person does that and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he's just a hireling and careth not for the sheep. He has no love. And Jesus say the hired hand, he sees the wolf, he's, he's gone. I'm out of here. It's too dangerous. I'm not risking that. I'm not going that far. I'm not doing that. But run away. But the shepherd doesn't because love risks it all. The shepherd says, I'll risk it. I'll give it. See, love risks everything and love goes anywhere. There's nothing too dangerous for love. Love will look at danger right in its eye. And I could give you names of martyrs over throughout history that were burned at the stake Because of love. That the Catholic Church said, just recant your faith in Jesus. Recant the doctrine that you're preaching and teaching. And we'll let you live. They said no. They burned at the stake. Some were torn asunder. Some were beaten to death. But love goes anywhere, does anything, risks it all. I say all that to say this, that's the value that you have. That's the value that you and I have. One, it ought to make us appreciate and be thankful for the shepherd that we have. He's amazing. The Lord Jesus Christ is amazing. For him to leave his comfort and to come. To find us where we were at. To risk it all and to love us with joy, gladness. It's amazing. It's amazing. But there's something that I want to end with as we look at this passage because it's key to understanding this passage. I want you to notice that if you go to verse number 14, Jesus ends the story like this. He says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. I think it's striking that he says, one of your little ones. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the community of the church. By the way, you go to verse 15 in the rest of the chapter, you see he'll even talk about and say the word church. So when he says, even so, it is not of the will of the Father or the will of your Father than any of your little ones. He's saying, this is for the church. You see, Jesus is not one that loses his flock. He is ever with us. He is ever watchful. His protection is sure. He says in John chapter 10, he knows his flock. His flock hear his voice. But here he's talking to the church. What about the sheep in the church that wander off? What about that one in the community that just decides, maybe church isn't for me anymore. Or maybe it's just getting tough and they need some encouragement and they wander off. What Jesus is saying, what value do you have on that person? Do they have any value to you? Because it's not the will of your father that they should just wander off that way. In other words, church, you got to value others in this community that you're willing to leave your comforts to find them. That you're willing to go where they're at to help them. That you're to have a heart that says, I love you. Not because of what you can do for me. Because of how great you are. But there's joy in loving you. Because it's the will of my Father that you don't go astray without us going and looking for you. That's why community is important. The community of the church is so important because of the value you have. And I can say, if there's someone this morning that you can think of that's not in this community this morning, maybe it's because they're waiting for someone to go look for them. Maybe they're wondering does this community have any heart for me? Do I have any value with them? And that's where we ought to be different as the community of the church. That's where we ought to make a phone call or send a text or make a visit. Or just tell someone while they're there in the lobby, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Maybe tell somebody, did anybody say that you're awesome today? Because you're awesome. It's nice to hear that. It's nice to get compliments. We were having a photo session with our baby daughter this past week, and like halfway through, I wasn't really happy about being there, and I don't know if there's anybody else like that. I hate these photo sessions. You know, you then they end up on Facebook, and you get all these comments of how ridiculous you look. And anyway, we're there. I'm kind of giving my like half smile, you know. About halfway through, the photographer goes, "You know, you look like an actor. <laughs> really? <laughs> Ooh." And she was like, you know, have you seen the movie Catch and Release? No. Well, you look like an actor on that movie. I didn't know if that was a compliment or if she was telling me, I've never seen the actor. So I just took it as, I must be the good looking guy in the movie, in the movie. The rest of the photo session, I was smiling great. It was like the best thing ever, best thing ever. That's all she said was, you look like an actor. You know, there's someone in our community that needs just a good compliment to say, hey, I'm glad you're here. You're important in our church. We miss you when you're gone. You're valued. That's the value of one. The lesson this morning is we ought to value each other as God values us. And if we're not doing it, start doing it. It's pretty simple. You are valuable in God's eyes. As a community, he says, it's not the will of your father. And he should go like that. Let's have that right kind of value for others in our eyes in this church community. I want to challenge you to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and thank you for your truth. Father, thank you for this story. that reminds us of the value that you placed on our head. Not because we were so great in and of, our, of ourselves, but because of your love. And Father, even after we've accepted you as a part of this community, we can still wander off. And so, Father, I pray that if there be any wandering in our community here, I, I pray that we would have the heart to value them as we were valued. That we would have the courage, the boldness, the strength to go and look for them and risk it all. That We might find them where they're at. That we might just love them. I pray that, Father, this morning we would value one another as we've been valued, but I also pray that that would not just be a nice thought in our head. I pray that this week you'd bring someone to mind. Bring someone to mind right now that we don't see around us that used to be around us. And Father, help us to reach out to them. Just to encourage them. Just to love them. Just to see where they're at. And let them know that they're valued. Father, I pray that our church community, our local church here would ever have that heart. That we would always be willing to go, be willing to do whatever it takes, but to value one another. Help us to apply this into our life today. Help us to to apply it into our week. I ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen.